Welcome to episode 19 of the Danso Pitch. I am your host, Charles Danso, joined by a good friend of mine. Go ahead, our co-host. Introduce yourself, sir. Hello, everybody. It's Daniel back here, providing you another episode at the Danso Pitch. Always a pleasure to be a co-host for this show. Yes, and again, for those last time they gave me flag, Daniel, so let me reintroduce myself and my title. <laughs> <laughs> so again, my name is Charles Danso, and I am one of the co-hosts of the Danso Pitch. We want to first introduce and say thank you and welcome to any new and old-time listeners, as well as our YouTube viewership, our Apple Podcasts, and Spotify listeners. Now, today is a very, very special episode. What we want to kind of discuss is pretty much with a lot of the protests going on around us, Daniel, um, you know, with uh, George Floyd, we want to say rest in peace. We want to say rest in peace to Breonna Taylor. We want to say Ahmaud Arbery, rest in peace. So many others. I mean, when when is it going to stop, Daniel, honestly? I mean, with everything that's going on, killing people that look just like us, for what? It's crazy out there, man. Mm -hmm. It's it's crazy. You know, you, you would think we would be ahead of this by now, given that, you know, we fought for equal rights for years now, you know, dating back past the 90, the, the 1900s, the 1800s. We've been fighting this fight for years and we're still seeing the um, the systemic, you know, uh, racism, that, that, you that systemic say. oppression. Yeah, yeah man, say. I'll say what it is, man. Mm -hmm. Systemic racism that is apparent in the society and we're seeing a revolution you know we, we're seeing protests not just in the united states all 50 states mind you but we're seeing it globally we're seeing london stepping up we're seeing new zealand we're seeing all different countries around the world mm -hmm. they acknowledge and are tired of what we as black people go through and just what all the minorities go through on the whole because systemic racism is we have these implicit biases that are deeply rooted that need to be eliminated. So, you know, I think, yeah, we need to, uh, I, I see the protests and I'm loving the message that I'm loving that we're being heard. Our messages mm -hmm. are being heard mm -hmm. across all channels and the change comes from within. So we, we attack the system in a, uh, in a very productive and progressive manner. Mm -hmm. by getting out there, not only on the streets, expressing our freedom of speech, our First Amendment rights, but also getting to the booths and getting to vote. So exactly. that, yep. No, no, just to kind of add on to what you're saying, like you said, uh, using your voice, uh, Black people, um, women, um, men, you know, uh, using your voice, because again, it's, it's, I know that it may sound corny to vote, as crazy as that may sound, I know that that's not something that, you know, maybe whoever the candidate is, it doesn't really matter. No, it does matter. I think at this point in time, with everything that's happening, with how, um, you know, pretty much uh, uh, brothers are getting killed, sisters are getting killed, uh, we're getting racially profiled for no reason, um, from an aspect of just walking down the street to even owning a business. That's something that voting the right individuals, or even you get in the position of power to control that narrative, I know that it's not going to take one person, of course, but it has to start with one to keep it going. And that's where, you know, we want to just kind of segue into this episode. What we wanted to kind of highlight was what we've been seeing a lot of businesses getting destroyed. 
of color. A lot of small businesses, it could be in Atlanta of color, it can be in New York, it can be in uh, LA, any of any of small, even in small cities in Minneapolis and thus forth. What we kind of wanted to use this episode was to educate any business owners, anybody that may own a business that you may know, or even you're thinking about owning a business. Because here at the Danzo Pitch, what we want to do, I know I sound rehearsed, Daniel. What we want to do <laughs> is basically provide any information to you that can help protect you in the long run. Because even though you your business may not have been destroyed, maybe you may not have been impacted by COVID-19, God bless you. But at some point in time, it's going to come to you. So at least if you know that, you know, there's going to be some type of unwarranted uh, a danger, I'll say, that's coming towards your business, at least you can better protect yourself. Because every business gets hit, including our own. But you protect yourself the right way, you are going to make sure you're secured in the long run. So let's get yep. right into it. Yeah, let's and, get right into it. Yeah, let's do ahead, it, man. man. Let's do it. And I want to just uh, give, give a high level view, as Charles said. You know, we're going to start by talking about the things that you can implement in your business to protect the uh, intangible uh, properties of your business. So we're going to talk about things from an internal view, but also we're going to talk about ways you can protect your business from actual physical harm and destruction, you know, that and, and it, like the things we, we have uh, unfortunately seen outside, you know, in any circumstance also, you know, it could be due to just, um, you know, maybe an explosion happened, maybe something uh, that's outside of your control damage was done to the building that you own. So we're going to go into ways you can protect your business from that front. Exactly. So let's just get right into it. Like he said, what we first want to articulate, we want to highlight to you guys is business insurance. I think Daniel business insurance is one of the key, 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 key components in owning a business, owning any type of property where you operate a business through. You could be up in Harlem. <laughs> you could be down in Texas. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Having business insurance. That is very crucial. That's very important. So we want to kind of highlight, just give you guys a quick overview of that. I'm going to just read off a few key terms for you guys that may own a business, know anybody that has a business, take out your notepad and pen, write these key terms down. And then we're going to have a little bit of discussion on it as to how that impacts anybody of color. But let's get right into it. Like I said, just as something that I kind of took notes on, and I want you guys to just kind of listen. Give me about two to three minutes. It says, if you own a business and have insurance, your policy will typically cover the cost of, of cleaning up from damage and replacing damage and stolen merchandise. That type of insurance is called basic business property insurance. That covers personal property, furnishings, equipment, and inventory. Daniel, let's give an example of that. So basically, you've been watching what's been happening to Target. You've been watching what's been happening to Apple stores, Google stores, Macy's, that nature. Why do you do you do you believe that these uh, companies are covered by this insurance? You know, that's just a guess. I want to ask. What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, most company and it's 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 basic business insurance. Most companies uh, go to that insurance plan in the event that uh, these things happen. Uh, it is worth noting, however, that um, we are still in the COVID-19 pandemic. So there could be some uh, differentiators in terms of, you know, payout and, and how these policy claims are uh, acknowledged. But for the most part, yeah, 
Yeah, uh, that, just that. yeah. Add on, adding on, sorry to cut you. Adding on to what he's saying, guys, guys that's listening, girls that's listening, women listening, men listening. Don't be surprised if I'm gonna go. People think I'm a conspiracy theorist. I don't give a fuck. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let them know, Charles. Let them know. I believe some of these business purposely want their businesses to get destroyed. And that's not the whole position of individuals that own businesses. But don't be surprised because a lot of these people are covered by this, this type of insurance. And they get big payouts from insurance companies that they have deals with. As a black business owner, it might be a little bit harder for you because they do redlining within the businesses. So basically where your business is, whether it be in a lower neighborhood, a lower impoverished neighborhood in their mind, as that they will call it, uh, a, a neighborhood that may be like in the Bronx. If you're in New York, I'll use an example. I know my Bronx people are going to kill me, but I'm just using an example like that. So what that basically means, again, like I said, is every those of color pay higher insurance rate. We all know that, Daniel. That's not a secret. You can look that up if you for the audience members listening. But what I would suggest to everybody that's listening, if you're a business owner and you own property or know somebody that owns any property as a business owner, get insurance for your business. Doesn't matter what the cost is. If it's in your affordable range, get it. If you don't, if you can't afford it, do some type of crowdfunding where you pull with individuals where you can get that money. That's the first thing you should do before even getting any type of property for your business is get insurance. Get insurance for your business. Now, how you can go about that, you can actually speak to an attorney that handles that type of insurance. Look, you can look it up on Google. Uh, there's LegalZoom. They, they don't actually give the legal advice, but they could point you in the right direction. I'm just giving you different type of avenues to look at when getting insurance. You Again, like I said, but that's Very the most important. key. Yes, this that's the key one. Before even getting any property to start your business is getting insurance. It's called basic business property insurance. Now, for my business owners that already have it, this type of maybe this type of uh, brick and mortar uh, way of running a business, which is basically owning real estate for your business. And if you've been impacted through this COVID-19 pandemic, there's something that you can utilize called business interruption insurance. What that covers is lost income, payments for mortgage. Yes, you have to pay a mortgage on the building or the small uh, part of the building that you own. Rent and leases, loan payments, and employee payroll. However, for some of those businesses, even with the business interruption insurance, the full impact of the damage may not be covered. But that's okay. Daniel, wouldn't you want to at least have 50 to 60% cover as opposed to nothing? Even for those that, you know, may not get the full coverage. Hell that's, yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, especially during this COVID-19 pandemic. Again, like I said, if you're a business owner, you have a, a beauty store, you have a grocery store, you have a tech store. Even those individuals that have the stores, if you go for my New Yorkers, uh, for people that may not live in New York in any type of area that has some type of train system, transit system, they have stores within the 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 transit the train station you go to, the bus, the bus stations you go to. Those people that have those type of stores, business interruption insurance also covers that. So anybody that may know, anybody that owns any type of property, again, affected by COVID-19, you're unable to pay your employees, unable to cover your rent, 
you can also still apply for this. Now, how that kind of affects somebody that less, again, like I said, redlining is very important. I want you guys, especially those of color, to understand what that is. I'm not going to give a full definition, but again, like I said, way back in the day, the government basically said, okay, how are we going to structure how we're paying out for people that are come from more affluent neighborhoods and from those that come from more basically poorer neighborhoods? So they basically separated these individuals. And then again, so let's say you can live in an area, like I said, uh, Daniel, let's say uh, Spanish Harlem, right? So you're going towards the Upper East Side. Shout out to Harlem. Exactly. So you're going to the Upper East Side or you're going towards towards Midtown. So for the businesses that are going more towards where the businesses are, like the corporations and stuff, they tend to pay actually a lower interest rate on their insurance as opposed that made that that those that may lived in what they call the poorest section neighborhoods or section eight neighborhoods, as they will call it. So again, like I said, that still shouldn't negate you or that shouldn't deter you from basically getting this type of insurance. You and again, for those that are listening right now. For those that may not even have a building right now or any type of property, small property that you, you may own, even if you're thinking about it, because at some point you yeah, I'm going to bring you in, Daniel. At some point you want to go, you're, you're wanna going to think about getting your own place of business, even if you're renting out a, a place, getting this insurance again. And I'm, I keep stressing it is the most important thing to do before even getting the property. Daniel, go, go in. And uh, I like that you brought up redlining, Charles, because mm -hmm. I think there's also a correlation between the insurance that you take out, the building that you are renting, or maybe you own the building, and the neighborhood that it's in. Because mm -hmm. if you look at Gucci, if you look at all of these stores that are on like Fifth Ave and, and other more uh, affluent areas compared to areas that are, let's say, uptown spanish harlem and mm -hmm. things of that nature mm -hmm. when you go for your insurance claim the insurance companies more or less most likely are going to pay out the money to the businesses that are on fifth Ave before they get to the businesses that are on span around spanish harlem mm -hmm. and that redlining that has been done uh years ago i mean red, mm -hmm. redlining itself is mm -hmm. um that's it's, it's it's an illegal practice now, but back then the principles mm -hmm. still are embedded within the system mm -hmm. because you look at two different neighborhoods that have two different levels of affluence. The the way in which the the, the money is going to flow is going to flow towards the the affluent neighborhoods first, which is unfortunate compared mm -hmm. to the neighborhoods that aren't as affluent. Exactly, and again, like what we're saying is. For those that may have protested, for those that may people that may have done protests, we know it's not you. We know these are just some people that just want to get property for free, get you know, uh, get uh, basically any type of technological product, get any type of clothing for free. So they're just robbing and destroying these stores. But these larger corporations you're destroying, they're not really taking the hit. That's why they they don't they're not really as as uh on it like or they're not as affected you can definitely see it in how they're speaking as opposed to somebody that has a small business especially that of color because a lot of people black people we put a lot of things into our business because we don't have the funds 
that a lot of these larger corporations get, like what Daniel just said. So we're putting our life savings into it. We're putting our family's life savings into it that may invest it with us. So again, doing the smart thing and protecting yourself for insurance is better to take a 60% hit and get 40% earnings back than just getting nothing at all. So that's why we stress to you by saying that, look, get the insurance, get a lawyer. The first thing you should do before even starting a business is, is brushing up on your legal terminology. You should know certain legal terminology. You should be working towards getting an attorney, get somebody that actually is from this world because you shouldn't try to do everything as a business owner early on. It is never going to be as fast, not even as fast track. I don't want to say because business is steady. But what I mean to say is doing it the right way because you're going to be in these negotiations when you're trying to get this property and these property owners, they're going to try to strong arm you because they're speaking to their legal guys, but they ain't going to tell you that. They're going to they're they're come to you and be like, oh, it's just me and you talking this and that. But they're going back saying that, Yo, you see this black person, you see this, you see this, it's, it's, it's this young guy, this and that young girl, whatever, looking to get this property. Yo, wait, let's put a little bit it's, instead of this, the 16 percent, let's make it like 25. Yep, absolutely. And, absolutely. and I'm telling it, you, it that, happens. It definitely that, happens. So so when you feel like, yeah, you let you're in a lower tier neighborhood, as they will call it. And you're paying a lot higher than what you expect. That's not by coincidence. That is how it's set up. And that's been set up for years. But what we're here to do is give you the game on how it's done. So that's why we saying if you have to invest a couple thousand to get a right attorney to help you get this insurance in your contract that you're signing on that lease, because you can get insurance and put it in there. You can get the, bis the bi basic business property insurance coverage inside your contract. You just have to learn how to negotiate. Once you get that negotiation done and you sign that contract, you're protected. The percentage that fluctuates, that's where you need the right legal team to come in and get that done for you. But like I said, for our business owners, those thinking about having a business where you're going to be doing it out of a, of a building, out of a property, get the insurance needed. Now, let's jump into something else I want to talk about, and that's trademarking and copywriting all your merchandise, getting intellectual property patented for your designs and creations. Let's get into it, Daniel. And, yeah. and just and just to just to start, we want these are all uh, this is under the umbrella of intellectual property. So when we talk about copyrights, when we talk about trademarks, patents, um, if if you're the type of business that does trade secrets and and other uh, intangible um, properties like that, this is all under intellectual property under that umbrella. So as we begin, Charles. Um, mm -hmm. Where you want to start? You want to start with trademarks? Let's start. Let's with start trademarks. with trademarks. Let's get Let's into start it. With like trademarks. I said, yeah. So basically, um, for those that may not know what a trademark is, I'm not going to give you the dictionary definition, but what I'll give you is what it basically overall protects is any name, any type of design, any type of keyword terminology. So, example, some people have business taglines. Notable examples: Apple, Google, uh, Think Different for Apple. I forget Amazon's one. Amazon has like a couple. But my point is you protect any type of wording, any type of usage of that name, that type of brand logo design that you have. That's what a trademark covers. Why is this important? And how does this kind of speak to what we're talking about? Because a lot of people that are right now in the business world, looking in the business world, they're looking for how can I 
utilize this person's brand, how this person's product. People adapt with the times. So what I mean to say is, example, if you have a business, you're doing, you're pretty successful at it. Let's give, give me a, a type of business, Daniel. Let's say uh, you do software. Okay, we'll say we do, you do software. So let's say the name that you're using on that software, a lot of people can go look at that and ch and take that idea without actually, uh, you know, anything happening to them if you don't have your thing trademarked in terms of you putting your name on that, you using any type of uh, tagline on it where they are protected from anybody even having that idea taken from you. Daniel, speak to it. Yeah, and this can go along the lines of a logo. This could be a slogan, you know, a one-word sentence, or... Uh, or just the general brand, even the name of a product. Mm -hmm. You know, let's say you you we'll, we'll talk software. You can mm -hmm. have the name of your product be the the ZX terminal, something like that. Exactly. That that, that does you know it, it monitors the market or whatever. ZX terminal. Mm -hmm. That name, if you don't trademark that name, somebody else can take that name, and it could be a completely. It doesn't even have to be software. It could be something else. Yeah. They can use that name and market it as their product. And if you don't and, trademark it, you have no legal rights to it. Exactly. And the thing is, like he said, even if it's your if it's your name that you're personally using on it, it doesn't matter. If you don't have it legally registered in the US, what's it, USPTS, whatever it's called, that's what they're liable to take from you. So again, as a business owner, first thing that you want to do is look to trademark your name, your logo, your business tagline, anything that speaks to the name or the credibility of your business as a brand. If you think of the names of Coca-Cola, you think of the names of Apple Inc., that's all trademarked. Fenty Beauty, that's trademarked. Rock Nation, that's trademarked. I could keep going down the line. NFL's trademarked. That's why if you look at it, uh, the NFL thing, when it's like for the product use of our audience and it says that thing and it has the, the, the big R with the circle on it, that's a registered trademark. With mm -hmm. the the government or and the state that they're governing to do this type of thing, it could be all fifty states. It could be one state. Doesn't matter if you're trademarked. They can't come and get your idea, your business, uh, not your business idea, but your business name, business tagline, or you having your tag on any type of property that you own. Now, people usually get copyrights confused with trademarks. Copyright is a whole totally different thing. Copyright is example, like, let's say if you own a news company, if you have any type of articles, there's a copyright in that. If you are a business that, let's say, um, you're shooting, you, you do movie productions, you're shooting a movie, you can get copyrights for the, the, the credits, the, the people that you have in your production in terms of the movie script itself has to be copyrighted. A lot of people don't know that. Any type of literature is copyrighted. For my music heads out there, that's why when they say, like, you try to use music for, let's say, your own business and stuff like that, there's copyrights behind that because the lyrics are, have to be copyrighted. Copyright is basically used, means for the use of that, uh, let's say, wording, the use of that creation, it has to be go through the guidelines of the original maker. So, example, if something is copyrighted, you have to go to the person that copyrights and you basically have to... Nine out of the ten times, they're going to ask you for a payout. So that's why a lot of musicians in particular, I like using them. Daniel is because, again, for you using their, their song, there's a copyright behind it because they're usually protected from the, um, the industry, uh, not the industry, from the, uh, what is it, the agency, the, the 
the mm. let's say the 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 music group, so to speak, like Warner Music Group is a copyright, does a copyright for a future or somebody of that nature. So that's what the copyright means. Now and I'm and I'm yeah, glad you brought up this this um you know this correlation because you know mm-hmm. there there is like a, a juxtaposition between copyrights and trademarks that mm-hmm. does get confusing when you talk mm-hmm. uh when you're into the legal world. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important also to emphasize that you normally get both. You know, if you are operating a business where you have your brand name, your logo, which you trademark, Mm -hmm. and then you have intangible form ideas or implementation of, let's say, you write a a, a business process of a book. Your your business is is producing a book or something of you know in the like an ebook, anything ebook like that. That's something you get copyrighted. So. Just understanding that difference is important, but you do get both and you should get both for your business as it applies. Now, for those that also don't know, you can actually copyright on social media as well. So what um, let me give an example of what I mean is usually when you see if you copyright through your business, that also protects the wording that you use within that business. So a lot of times, let's say you go to. um you go on somebody's page and you're talking about finances or you go on like a company's page and you're talking about a certain thing and you want to reuse it for yourself. You want to share that information. You also have to check to see if that, if that company hasn't copyrighted the words that they're using within that post itself. A lot of people don't know that. Mm. And how you, and how you know is usually if they put nine out of 10 times that they have a tag on it, that usually means that you have to give the credit to that person. So, and they allow you to sometimes, but you just have to ask. A lot of people don't know. They, they reshare a lot of posts without realizing that you actually can't reshare without actually getting the credit on it. Or they'll actually use the same wording for their post. And then you don't realize that that's copyright as well for that wording. So that's why they, and there, there's a way to work that. You can actually ask the, the owner directly and say, hey, can I use it? But what they usually say is they want you to credit it. Some people will ask you to, you know, credit tag their name in it. That gives them more visibility. Some people do that. Some people may ask for a small fee. Um, like example, like Bloomberg Business, if you want to reuse a photo, you may have to pay out the photo photographer. That's a, they have a copyright on that photography as well. So Daniel, I know I'm giving game to a lot of folks here. So you know, you, <laughs> so basically, like what I'm saying is giving them the drop. Giving exactly. Them the drop. Exactly. So even even with photography, like I said, if you're doing a news company, any type of event that you want to get a photographer for, there's a copyright protected behind that brand as well. So as a business owner, you have to know all these things. Um, and I think it's yeah, important. I, to, yeah, go ahead, Daniel. Yeah. No, and I, and I just I wanted to make it worth mentioning that, you know, mm-hmm. when we, we say the difference between trademarks and copyrights, copyrights, Normally, you'll know that it's copyrighted when they got like the little C, you know, somewhere around the, the work of art, you know, it might be like in the corner or something like that. And, yeah. you know, the copyright, you know, once you copyright something, you know, it, it usually it lasts for the duration of, you know, the author's life or, you know, whoever copyrighted the, the intellectual property, that lifespan, plus 70 years. Exactly. So it's yeah. worth noting that. And what's so, that like? Like what he's saying as well, um, a way to check it is you can go to the USPTO to look at that. Uh, that's for your trademark search. 
I believe, yes, your copyright search as well and your patent search. The USPTO for the United States is U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Um, I don't know internationally, for our international listeners, everybody's governed differently. But basically, what you would look at is governing body of trademark search, governing body of copyright search. Then they usually give you a description or list of those individuals that your state, your country protects that legal representation for, from a government standpoint, from a legal standpoint as well. I'm glad you brought up patents, Charles, because I think that's a good transition Mm -hmm. to talk about, you know, how patents tie into the whole copyright and trademark umbrella. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we we generally associate patents to the work of an inventor, uh, rights Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, um, Mm -hmm. incorporeal rights that have... uh, that protect the inventor from essentially your, your work being, uh, you know, duplicated or, um, giving you exclusive rights to the design and how the invention is, uh, going to operate for a period. For example, uh, iPhone typically is its own invention. Mm-hmm. So the invention of the iPhone, let's say, you can't, and there's there's obvious like trademarks and you know around that umbrella, but the design of the iPhone mm-hmm. is what's on the patent. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're right. That's so right. when it comes to uh, under the umbrella of intellectual property, you want to make sure that you know if you're designing something for the business, if you're designing a process, if you're designing a something technological it, it most of the time patents are going to be technologically inclined uh rare instances where you see patents that are like for i don't know in, in tangible things that don't relate to like a, a design or a process but typically if yeah, you're usually, in a technological area yeah like what he's saying basically is um he's somewhat right and then I'll give you another dose of it is, yes, patent also protect intellectual property in terms of the design that you may have. Example, like you said, the iPhone, there's a patent on. You can actually also put patents on ideas that you give out. A lot of times people don't really see that as well. There are businesses where people actually give you a business idea. Like, let's say somebody wants to start a business, they don't really know. So they may go to somebody that, you know, their business is actually giving you ideas to start your own business with. There's patents protected behind that because you're using his creative brain, his or her creative brain to share that information with you. So he's going to ask you for a fee. He's going to ask for any type of legal uh, contract or agreement where he may get a certain ownership for giving you an idea. People do this. Uh, So that's not too uh, far off in terms of what he's saying. But again, I wanted to give you guys the full scope of what patent can be. So any business owners out there, if you're looking to expand your business, if you maybe want to see how to diversify your business, um, once you actually have your business off the floor, I also recommend getting your business off the floor before diversifying it. But that's another story in itself. But basically, if you want to, you don't really know what you get want to get into or you just want to start a business altogether, you can actually go to certain people that have a business that are patented to give you that idea, as well as the technological design aspect of what he's saying. Tesla, the electric design, car design is patented from Elon Musk and his team. Bloomberg Terminal is patented from Mike Bloomberg and his team. Uh, Amazon's way of 
third-party distribution is not patented, but what is patented is in terms of Amazon Prime, because that's their idea, is patented. That's why you don't see anybody really doing an Amazon. They do do deals, but they can't actually call it Prime or use it in that sense, because that's a patent idea behind it in terms of the, 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 the you can use the quick shipping, but you can't use that actual patent idea. That's why um, usually a lot of people go strictly to Amazon Prime. I know a lot of people say Amazon's becoming a monopoly, but hey, you can't knock Jeff Bezos. That guy's smart. He knew how to protect himself in all three phases of trademarks, copyrights, and patents. So again, uh, Daniel, what, what you got to say to that? No, that, and that's the importance going back to having a legal advisor because mm-hmm. having these things implemented for your business, you know how to tie in certain elements of, okay, this is where, this is the product that I'm going to have trademark. These are the, pro- this is the product I'm going to have uh, for my patents. Mm-hmm. This is the intellectual property, which falls under copyrights. Mm-hmm. So you know how the business operates in that sense. And, you know, and I think Charles, just to tie in, you know, business operating, I think it, it'll provide the audience a good idea of what type of uh, business legal documents they should have for their business, you know, in terms of an operating agreement or uh, terms of service, things of that nature, because that plays a part too, because... yeah. What what some people may not realize is that if you don't have these certain things implemented for your business, like a terms of service or even a privacy policy, there's potential backlash for that because people need when when customers come on your website, if they don't understand what their data is being used for in a privacy policy, or if they mm-hmm. if they aren't clear on the terms of service mm-hmm. when they're buying a product from you, they could easily and forgive my language, fuck you over. So yeah. it's good to have that language in there. And, you know, the I, my top five recommendations, I'll just read off my list of what I think if you're starting a business, you should have these legal documents in places, you know, for an LLC, an operating agreement, a terms of service, privacy policy, uh, non-disclosure agreement to protect your your, your all the all your property and all of your uh, data and information and processes when you're linking with third parties to um, you know facilitate a business. Let's say you 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 operate in retail and you have a third party supplier or whatever the case may be. You mm-hmm. want to have a non disclosure agreement to protect your intellectual property from um, you know essentially being misused or whatever the case may be. And then you know for corporations, I would say my fifth is you know having the bylaws. Uh, incorporated within your business. And um, Charles, I guess we yeah. can kind of break down what some of these things mean. Like, you know, the difference between bylaws and operating agreement. Uh, yeah, operating yeah. Gr- operating agreement is what he's saying. It basically speaks to the name. What it basically details is for you uh, having a business within the state, uh, within the country that you're in, you have to have an operating agreement signed by, um, I believe, the governing body within your state, example, if you're in New York, like um, the 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 state, the governor has to actually review this because he go, but he's not the one that actually signs off on it. But it basically goes through um, the treasury body, like people that govern the state in terms of business formation, any type of small business um, that has to be approved by that legal representative. That's what the operating agreement basically deals with. So it's saying for me, let's say. For Daniel or myself operating the state of New York, New Jersey, we have to actually get approval of that from that actual state to actually operate 
or do our business within that state. That's what the operating agreement is. Bylaws are basically the protection of within your business. Example for like what he's saying for a third party. Like if you want to do business with Amazon, example, like what I was speaking to before, there are bylaws that protect what type of service, what type of products you could actually sell on Amazon, how long you can actually sell it for, and what pricing you can actually sell that. That's why a lot of pricing is fluctuate on Amazon, and you won't see a price that's too different from another because maybe uh, I don't know Amazon's bylaws per se, but again that may say like you're not able to sell something at this price at a, at a one sale. It has to be in a bulk example like that, something of that nature. If you're doing this type of business, like where you're servicing like local designs, the bylaws that can protect that as example, you're not able to ask uh, your designer to do more than three logos uh, per, per like month or something. I don't know. I'm just using an example. <laughs> so basically like with that, those are what the bylaws are protected by. Another thing I would add in is getting a TIN number. You have to do your taxes, ladies and gentlemen, that have a business. So make sure you get an a, a EIN number, which is an employment identification number. Make sure you get that first. Usually when you do a business, you're forming your business through whatever party, third party legal services, they provide all those for you. But as a business owner, it's important that you read through all your, your operating agreement, your bylaws, and your EIN number, your tax laws, so to speak. If you don't understand it, I recommend going, going to someone that has that legal or accounting expertise. Do your research because not every lawyer, not every accountant is the best one. So make sure you do your research prior to hiring somebody or asking someone for that assistance. Make sure they're able to give you that advice. They're, they're versed in that information to provide that for you if you can't understand the specifics within those operating bylaw agreements and any type of tax agreement. Um, terms of service, like Daniel said, you can always go to anybody that runs a business. They should have one at the bottom of their website. Um, that's where they usually put it um, because of the fact, you know, people don't really care too much to look at it, but you should pay attention to that because again, like you said, terms of terms of service, if you're trying to utilize any type of information, copy something and reuse it for your own use, be careful. You're not doing it and you don't get yourself sued. <laughs> I recommend that. Very, very, very important. <laughs> so make sure you read the terms of service and any type of, even terms of service could be even in products. If you buy a phone, anything of that nature, terms of service are, are, are basically protected by that product, that service that you're utilizing. So Always read it. You can find it, like I said, it's usually in a small font, any type of small thing. You click on it, it should give you a good description as to how, like the terms of use regarding what that company is letting you utilize that service for and what you're allowed to and what you're not allowed to do with that. So um, I think we gave a pretty good description. We gave a pretty good breakdown, Daniel. Is there anything yeah. else you, you, you felt from your perspective you want to add in? Or I just feel like I'm talking. Go ahead, add something, man. <laughs> no, Charles, you, you described it wonderfully. I think you really gave a breakdown of the different, uh, you know, the different legal documents that business owners should be aware of. Again, this is not a comprehensive list. There are dozens of other business uh, legal documents that, you definitely should be aware of and take into consideration. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, going back to what we said earlier, we're not lawyers. We just educated ourselves on what we consider to be the basics, you know, understanding 
the different types of intellectual properties and what they mean, understanding what the legal documents mean, understanding business insurance and understanding what, you know, that ties in and what that means for your business. So I encourage every business owner to, or even a future business owner. No, yeah. Yeah. No, just, just like what he's saying, I just want to add in that, no, you have to get everything that we said. It sounds crazy and it doesn't have to be in one setting, sitting, excuse me, but it has to be done. It has to be completed. You should have insurance for your business. If you haven't, you should get it as soon as possible. You should be in the, you should trademark, you should have the wording or any type of uh, idea, uh, copyrighted and patented respectfully because of the fact, again, even though you may think that you're not liable or susceptible to someone taking an idea, utilizing an idea, it's very possible. Because again, anybody sees some type of success and they want it. So you make sure you protect yourself. That's why they say entrepreneurship or business ownership isn't for everyone. It doesn't have to be. But for, for those that want to get into it, for those that want to help people do it as well, I think that's also important to know. Make sure that if you are want to invest with a friend, you want to invest with a family member, you give that money, you tell them, hey, get, get your trademark. Get your copyright, hire your attorney that's needed, hire your accountant, get your operating agreement done, your business formation done. All these, get your insurance for your business, get your estate planning for those that want to leave something for your kids. Uh, Knock on wood, we pray you guys live to 200, but (laughs) you never know, some shit could happen. So you have estate planning, you can do it through your attorney. Any type of thing you want to leave, you want to leave business, you want to leave money through your business for your kids, your family, whatever, you, you should always do that. You shouldn't wait till you're about like 67 before doing it. You should do it as soon as you can, as early as possible. All these are indications, as we said, you guys have been seeing what the looters have been doing this past week. And they're probably going to keep doing it for as long as our stupid leadership is in office. So my point to say is, for our <laughs> business owners and those out there, even if you don't have any type of property, it's just protecting yourself. Because again, I'm someone I look in the future. I, I see some something. This is just a premonition of for what's to come, where people will start just going all in, just trying to get rid of the establishment, quote to quote unquote. So you and you're part of the establishment as soon as you start the business, because you're a corporation and you're governed by your state, you're governed by the government that your 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 country is in, basically. So make sure you get yourself protected by all facets, as myself and Daniel articulated. That's my last thoughts. Daniel, you got something. Thank you, Charles. Uh, I just want to leave the audience with this uh, one line. Um, remember that we are we do live in a litigious society. So what the fuck is that? I don't even understand yeah. what that means. What that means <laughs> is that oh. <laughs> litigation is a very common thing within the oh, country. Okay. Okay. So when it comes to business, there... <laughs> When it comes to business, there's always some form of litigation. You see it out there. You see it when you know. You see the class action lawsuits. You see uh, business owners and, and businesses and even individuals going through different cases on a daily basis. So it's important to definitely educate yourself on this. And it's uh, you know, and, and it would behoove you to really take what we're saying in this podcast. Take what we're saying, uh, you know, the things that we're talking about, and you know, just speak to someone who is more sound in, in, you know, in legal terms, speak, you know, do your research. And, you know, we hope that this uh, provides a platform for you to, you know, launch your business out and and protect your business and your brand. Exactly. And uh, just the last thoughts, closing thoughts, 
as a business owner, starting a business, or even if you don't own a business, if you just want to just brush up, you should know the, the three governing bodies of accounting, law, and finance. You can do your research. You can take certain classes. They offer certain classes on YouTube. You can uh, do Coursera. That, that's a, a couple classes that I take through their accounting, finance, and law. You should understand all those three bodies of, of, of operating when you have a business, any type of service that you offer. doesn't matter what type of business you're in. You should know your accounting. You should know your finance, the basics at least. And you should know the laws that govern the, the, the operation of your business. That's, that's very important to know. And I say that is mandatory. I recommend anybody that has a business, knows anybody that has a business, making sure you brush up on their skills. Um, I want to give a shout out again to our Spotify listeners, YouTube viewership and Apple podcast. Please share, please subscribe to Dan So Pitch. Again, episode, what did I say? Episode 19. Episode 19. Yep. 19, lucky 19. All right, episode lucky 19. Daniel, got any last thoughts again? Thank you all for listening. Um, yeah, I know we're in crazy times right now with everything going on, but you know we're going to keep doing what we need to do on our end as a business and fight for what's right. And everyone out there, please continue to do what we need to do. You know, protest, vote, make sure you uh, break down the, the systemic racism that we have going on in this country so that, you know, we can all just live a better uh, life, personal business, mental, emotional, and all factions. So that's all I have to say on that yeah, front. Yeah, definitely. Stay safe, guys. Again, um, fuck, fuck this bullshit going on right now with how they're just killing us, black men, black women, senselessly. We bullshit, are, man. It is bullshit. <laughs> but, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for these protesters speaking out. I myself, I, I'm speaking out as much as I can. I want to, I want to make my voice be heard. It's not just for us guys; it's for the next generation. Again, uh, we wanted to utilize our business skill set, our our entrepreneur thinking, to help those out because we are moving the needle right now. Entrepreneurship is overtaking just regular corporations because entrepreneur they're getting ideas from us guys as the entrepreneurs. We're the creatives. We push the needle. They need us. Remember that they need us. That's why they partner with us, people that look like us, people that think like us, black people, black men and women, strong black men and women. You guys push the needles, not even just as a creative in general. It doesn't matter the color, but as a creative in general, utilize the platform that you have. But also make sure, like we said, protect yourself. Most important. I want to thank you guys. Stay safe. All right, we out of here. Fuck this. <laughs>